Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval Renaissance and Baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. Coming up, we're traveling to the Isles of the Middle Ages to hear music written for saints associated with Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, including one of the earliest surviving examples of polyphony from that region. Plus, we'll focus on the harp in our Listener's Guide to the Renaissance Consort, and we'll hear music from a recent recording by the ensemble Atalanta. Take a quick look back in time to the year 1381. The Peasants' Revolt in England, two 14th century writers and theologians, and the music of Matteo da Perugia. The Black Death, which struck both the ruling and working classes indiscriminately, disrupted the fragile balance of social order in 14th century Europe. So many people had died from the disease that in order to keep up with the production of goods and services, the dwindling labor force was suddenly in much higher demand. But this didn't stop rulers from limiting wages and imposing taxes on their citizens. For the working class, these taxes were especially oppressive. In England, the Peasants' Revolt of 1381 was one manifestation of this teetering economic and social climate and was a significant mile marker in the beginning of the end of feudalism. In June of 1381, led by a man named Watt Tyler, an army of the working poor and their sympathizers began marching toward London. Once in the city, mayhem broke loose. The insurgents sacked the famous palace of the Savoy. They burned buildings, opened prisons, and rioted in the city, lynching and beheading wealthy merchants and leaders like Simon Sudbury, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury, and Lord Treasurer Sir Robert Hales. In the midst of the chaos, England's 14-year-old King Richard II agreed to meet with Watt Tyler and the rebels. Although King Richard promised to meet all of their demands, during the negotiations, Watt Tyler was stabbed by one of the king's supporters. With their leader dead, the peasant revolt was quickly put down, and by the end of the month, Richard II had revoked all the concessions he had promised. Nonetheless, the revolt demonstrated that seeds of social change were already beginning to spread, and that the decline of serfdom in Western Europe was on the horizon. About a decade after the 1381 Peasants' Revolt, Geoffrey Chaucer referenced the event in his poem The Nun's Priest's Tale, and about six centuries later, the 20th century British composer Alan Bush wrote an opera called Watt Tyler, which was a musical account of the revolt told from the perspective of its famous leader. But back to the 14th century, the year of the Peasants' Revolt was also a year of accomplishment. In 1381, Jean Charlier de Gerson received the equivalent of a bachelor's degree from the University of Paris. He later earned a Master of Theology as well. Gerson's many surviving writings include religious and doctrinal works, poetry, as well as the text for a Mass and Office in honor of Saint Joseph. Gerson's interest in music can be seen in his Tres Tractatus de Canticis, 
Besides being an exposition on music theory, the work also references many musical instruments and includes a poem called Carmen de Laude Musice, or A Poem in Praise of Music. 1381 was also the year that another scholar, Pietro Filargo de Candia, received his doctorate in theology. Filargo eventually became the Archbishop of Milan and worked there at the same time as the Italian composer Matteo de Perugia. Matteo composed masses and at least two isorhythmic motets, as well as secular songs in both Italian and French. His music is often characterized by the uses of imitation between voice parts, syncopated rhythms, and unusual melodic leaps embellished by lots of Italianate ornamental figures. This has been a look back at the year 1381. I'm Angela Mariani. You can find more about the people, events, and music from this era online in our blog section at harmoniaearlymusic.org. A consort combines different sized instruments of the same family, or in the case of a broken consort, mixes instruments from different families. As part of an ongoing exploration of the Renaissance consort, we're focusing on the harp. Beginning in the Middle Ages, two distinct types of harp emerged and were widely played through the Renaissance. One was the Gothic harp, an instrument with typically 24 strings. The second type was the Irish harp, which had as many as 43 strings. Its distinct metallic tone was praised in Francis Bacon's Silva Silvarum of 1627. He said, No harp hath the sound so melting and prolonged as the Irish harp. Let's hear an example of that melting and prolonged sound in a performance of a traditional Irish lament, followed by a contrasting piece on a Gothic harp.
We heard Andrew Lawrence King with the Harp Consort playing Scott's Lament for Harp and Amour qui bien s'est enchanté by Gautier de Coincy. To accommodate the increasing chromatic adventurousness within Renaissance works, large double and triple strung harps were introduced in Italy during the 16th century. These innovations enabled the harp to take its place alongside the lute and organ to accompany treble instruments and the voice.
Exploring the harp, we heard Ensemble La Fenice with Jean Tuberi and Ariana Saval performing Ce qui me plaît avantage by Guillaume de Chatillon de la Tour. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia Early Music. From chanting monks and nuns to the sound of harps, let's travel to the Isles of the Middle Ages and hear music for saints associated with Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. The ensemble Sine Nomine performed the late 12th century piece Cormacus Scripsit, one of the earliest surviving examples of polyphony from Ireland. Little polyphonic music survives from medieval Ireland, but much chant has come down to us. St. Patrick, one of the patron saints of Ireland, was not Irish but Romano-British. Active in the second half of the 5th century, he was captured and forced into slavery in Ireland when he was about 16 years old. He escaped and returned to Britain, became a cleric and eventually a bishop, and returned to Ireland as a missionary. Much of the surviving chant about St. Patrick describes the miracles attributed to him.
Music for St. Patrick. The Scottish women's vocal ensemble Canty performed the hymn Ecce Fulget Clarissima. They were joined by William Taylor on wire-strung harp. St. Bridget is another patron saint of Ireland, and her feast day falls on February 1st, which is the pagan Celtic celebration Imbolc. This has led some scholars to propose that St. Bridget is the pagan Irish goddess Bridget reimagined as a Christian saint. Accounts of Bridget's life tell that she was born in Ireland to a pagan king of Leinster and a Christian slave mother. Bridget is credited with founding two monastic institutions and a scriptorium. Let's hear music from the Matins office for the Feast of St. Bridget. Sorgens fight, wie die Sankt am 
Music for St. Bridget. The ensemble Canti, joined by wire-strung harp player William Taylor, performed from a 15th century source. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, publisher of Early Music America magazine, on the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Angela Mariani. Welcome back. We're exploring music for Celtic saints. Saint Shilin was a 6th century Welsh noble who rejected earthly treasures and entered monastic life. He established churches in Brittany and Wales. Here's an instrumental piece for Saint Shilin, played by wire harpist Anne Heyman. Thank you. 
heard Anne Heyman play an instrumental piece for St. Schillen on a wire-strung Gaelic harp. Irish saints traveled widely in Europe, founding monasteries, churches, and inspiring chant. St. Killian was a wandering Irish priest who settled in present-day Germany, Switzerland, and Austria. He became Bishop of Würzburg and died around 689. Here's a 12th-century antiphon for First Vespers, interpreted by the Ensemble Ultramar. From an office for St. Killian, we heard the antiphon Christi Martyr, performed by the Ensemble Ultramar from the recording Celtic Wanderers. You can find hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Our featured release is the 2011 recording Lamentarium by the Ensemble Atalanta. The Ensemble's director is Aaron Headley, known since 1980 as the first and foremost performer on the Lirone, a bowed string instrument whose sound is chordal rather than melodic. On this recording, the organ and the Lirone provide sounds that are sustained by wind and a bow, respectively, while the harpsichord, chitarone, and harp a very special one with three sets of strings, are plucked instruments whose sound is sustained by the resonance of their strings. These instruments in various combinations offer unique possibilities and a rich palette of colors to singers, as you'll hear in this piece by Luigi Rossi, in which Mary Magdalene laments the sight of Christ as he hangs on the cross.
The ensemble Atalanta performed the meditation Tears of Mary Magdalene by Luigi Rossi from the recording Lamentarium. Each week, we review recordings new and old on the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any aspect of this program. You can leave a comment or question anytime by visiting harmoniaearlymusic.org and clicking on Contact. The writers for this edition of Harmonia are Keith Collins, Laura Osterlin, Wendy Gillespie, and Janelle Davis. Thanks to our studio engineer, Mike Pashkash, and our staff, David Wood, John Bailey, and Anna Coogan. Additional technical support comes from KTTZ at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Our producer is Luann Johnson, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia. Harmonia.